Revelation 19, 1 through 6, we're getting into the good stuff as we're about to see the second coming of Jesus Christ. And guess who gets to come with him? You and I. All right, verses 1 through 6. After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God, for true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth. The great harlot was just described in this video. The one world religion, the one world church. Because he had judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants and shed by her. Again they said, Alleluia, her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying, Amen, Alleluia, here it is again. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia! Where's Reiner? There he is. There you go. All right. For the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the information that's available to us today. We know even as the enemy is spreading his disinformation and misinformation and deceptions all over this planet, your truth is still going forth. Your truth is marching on. We ask you to bless this time in your word in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, verse 1, chapter 19. After these things, what things? After the pronouncements of the angels and God himself that we saw in chapter 18 regarding the fall of commercial, religious, and political Babylon. So even as we see in the video, these things just now coming to fruition, just now emerging here at, in chapter 18 of Revelation, we see it all come crashing down. Amen. Praise God. After these things, a loud voice, or one translation says, the roar. Whenever I hear that word, I always think of Shrek. Do the roar. Do the, how many of you have seen Shrek? The little kids go, do the roar, do the roar. <laughs> A loud voice or the roar of a great multitude in heaven. Who would this be? We will be there, the saints, watching from the bleachers, as it were, from the balcony, as I like to say. A loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, which literally means praise the Lord, as you probably know. Interestingly, this word only occurs in this chapter of the Bible, and it appears here four times in this chapter. Now, it appears in the Old Testament, but it's translated, not Alleluia, but literally praise the Lord. It's the strongest possible command. It is a command, by the way. Alleluia, praise the Lord. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. It was probably first spoken by the Levite musicians calling the people to worship. It functioned as a call to worship in the temple, and it serves the same purpose here in the heavenly courts of worship Verses 1, 3, 4, and 6, we see it. Alleluia, or hallelujah, as we see in some translations. First found in the Psalms, translated there, praise the Lord. And it's used in response, just like it is here, to the destruction of the ungodly. Hallelujah literally means praise Yah. It's different from Jehovah or Yahweh. Uh, Yah means he who is. Whereas Yahweh is he who will be, is, and was. 
Yah speaks of the experience of knowing God as a present help. Praise Yah, here and now, He who is. Salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. There is no salvation apart from the one true God. We know that, right? Salvation belongs to the Lord our God. And salvation, folks, so often we think of salvation in a very temporal, earthly sense. Save me from an impending car wreck. Save, save me from financial disaster. Save me from a bad marriage, what have you. Salvation, folks, has to do with eternity. That's what God's focused on. You know, the Bible makes it clear you can have everything that this world has to offer. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Salvation is eternal. We either have it or you don't. You either are going to live forever in paradise in the presence of God or you're going to exist forever in outer darkness where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Salvation, glory, honor, and power. Anyone who tries to usurp God's glory, whether you be in the secular world or if you be in the religious world, the Christian world, let's not kid ourselves into thinking that nobody in the Christian world has ever tried to usurp God's glory, His honor, and His power. And whoever does that will be held accountable. In this case, specifically, the devil, the Antichrist, and the false prophet Salvation, glory, honor, and power belong to the Lord our God, and don't you forget it. And down through the course of human history, many have either consciously, knowingly, or subconsciously forfeited their souls to Satan in order to achieve all these things. Honor, power, glory, wealth. But you notice at the very end, they pay the highest price for it. Barry McGuire, I don't know how many remember him, recorded that song, Eve of Destruction, back in the 60s. He was with the New Christian Minstrels. He became a Christian, became one of the powerhouses of the contemporary Christian music in the 80s, 90s. Barry had a song. One of the lines was, Don't you know someday you're going to have to pay the piper? And that is definitely the truth. Psalms 115.1, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory because of your mercy and because of your truth. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so this celebration here is going on in heaven regarding the destruction of Babylon and also, as we will see here shortly, the impending return of Christ with the armies of heaven, with the saints, we won't get to that part today, though. Verse 2, For true and righteous are his judgments. Because God is perfect in all of his ways, he cannot possibly be false or unjust. That can't be said of us as human beings. He must be truthful, and he must be just. True and righteous are his judgments. His nature will not allow otherwise. And the specific reference here is to the following True and righteous are his judgments. He has judged the great harlot. He has judged, condemned, and destroyed the false one-world church that we heard about that's arising even now for leading the people of the earth astray and sealing their fate forever in the fires of hell. That's what this amounts to. He has avenged. The term translated avenged means literally 
exacted in retribution. Vindication for the righteous included just punishments against their killers. Deuteronomy 32, 43, Psalm 79, 10, and Jeremiah 51, 48 through 49. Let me read that. Deuteronomy 32, 43. Rejoice, O Gentiles. And this is the Old Testament. Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and render vengeance to his adversaries. He will provide atonement for his land and his people. He has avenged the blood. God here has avenged. This is what they're celebrating by the destruction of Babylon. He has avenged the blood of his servants, the tribulation martyrs, people who become Christians during the tribulation who will have to lay down their lives rather than receive the mark of the beast. The two witnesses, remember the two witnesses from the first half of the tribulation? More than likely Moses and Elijah who prophesy in the streets of Jerusalem. All who have been slain for their faith in God and in his son Jesus Christ. He has avenged the blood of his servants. Psalm 79.10, Why should the nations say, Where is their God? Let there be known among the nations in our sight the avenging of the blood of your servants, which has been shed. And so the idea here being that uh, the world would look on and say, Well, where's your God? He hasn't taken very good care of you, but his, his vengeance is coming. And you don't want to be a victim of that vengeance. He has avenged the blood of his servants shed by her, by the harlot, by the demonic system of Babylon. And I said this, it had to be at least 10 years ago. We were still having services in the other building. I said, when push comes to shove, it will be those in the apostate Christian community who will be the first ones to come after you and me. It won't be the secular world. And we saw that in the videos today. The demonic system of Babylon. And the reason the, that the horror and destruction of the tribulation is so massive is that it is God's revenge on behalf of all human beings who have been unjustly slaughtered from the beginning of time, starting with when Cain slew Abel. Think, now see, we, have a, we just don't have that broad perspective like God does, but we need to understand this. That's what the tribulation is really all about. It's God's vengeance on the human race for all the, the innocent blood that's been shed down through the entire course of human history. We've had at least, it's probably larger than this now, but 1.5 billion, folks, listen to this, 1.5 billion babies have been aborted worldwide in the last 50 to 60 years. 1.5 billion, for, folks. That's about one-fifth of the entire population of the planet. You know, we hear about the 50, 60 million or plus in America that have been aborted, but worldwide, it's over 1.5 billion with a B. Hello? One in five, and this is another battle going. They're trying to passed some kind of a law regarding the abortion of Down syndrome babies. And by the way, I think it was twice. My daughter has four sons. At least two of them, the doctors told her that based upon their tests, there was a good probability that her sons would have Down syndrome. She ignored them and had two very healthy baby boys. They lie! 
<laughs> you heard the people in the video. They're not people that you and I normally hang out with, you know what? But if they're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, they're my brothers and sisters in Christ. One in five pregnancies worldwide ends in abortion, and approximately 90% of Down syndrome babies are aborted worldwide, 90%. If you've ever seen some of these Down syndromes, folks, they're some of the neatest people you ever want to meet. There's a sweetness about them, you know. That's why only God has the authority to give life and to take life, period. Shed by her the blood. He has avenged the blood of his servants shed by her. Verse 3. Again they said, Alleluia. <laughs> her smoke rises up forever and ever. So the second Alleluia chorus here in chapter 19 and verse 3. We've got four of them all together. Her smoke rises up forever and ever. This language of smoking ruins was used in ancient times. There's a war imagery to it. And there is a battle taking place. And God is the winner. And all those who are on his side. And here it speaks of the eternal destruction of Babylon. Isaiah 34, 8 through 10. For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance, the year of recompense for the cause of Zion. Its streams shall be turned into pitch and its dust into brimstone. Its land shall become burning pitch. It shall not be quenched neither day. Its smoke shall ascend forever. From generation to generation it shall lie waste. No one shall pass through it forever and ever. Like so many prophecies in the Old Testament, there was an immediate application and then a futuristic application. In the immediate context, Isaiah is speaking of the coming judgment against the Assyrians. But in the larger context, this passage is an announcement of the judgment to come upon the nations during the great tribulation. Verse 4 of Revelation 19. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying, Amen, Alleluia. So just like they did in chapter 4, verse 10, chapter 5, verse 8, chapter 11, verse 16, the natural appropriate response to the revelation of God's glory, majesty, and power is to worship Him. It's a natural response to the truth about who God is. And then we have the four living creatures. The 24 elders and the four living creatures were introduced in chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Some type of angelic beings, cherubim, seraphim, as depicted in Isaiah 6 and Ezekiel chapter 1. Isaiah 6, 1 and 2, or through 3. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. There's a song built around this verse. Ezekiel 1, beginning in verse 4. Then I looked, says Ezekiel, and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north, a great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself, and brightness was all around it. And radiating out of its midst, like the color of amber out of the midst of the fire, also from within it came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Each one had four faces, and each one had four wings. 
Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calves' feet. They sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. The hands of a man were under their wings on their four sides, and each of the four had faces and wings. And so apparently this is the same four living creatures that we see here in Revelation 19 before the throne of God. Everybody up there is joining in this hallelujah chorus. Amen, hallelujah. One by one, the various entities in heaven, the saints, the martyrs, the angelic beings, they're all joining in for this glorious chorus, hallelujah chorus. And then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and all those who fear him, both small and great. So the voice comes from the throne. It says, Praise our God. So it may not be God himself speaking, but one of those angels attending his throne. But it's reminiscent, too, of the Psalms 134.1, a song of ascents. Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who minister by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord, which is what hallelujah means. Praise the Lord. Praise God, all you his servants. So it's been a long, rough ride through the seven years of tribulation, but now the celebration is beginning, even leading up to the second coming and Christ conquering the armies of this world, the armies of the Antichrist, but it's already a done deal. And so they're celebrating. Verse 6, I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. The voice of a great multitude, the saints, the angels, the tribulation martyrs, the whole shebang, if you will. And the sound of many waters and the sound of mighty thundering. So here we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit joining in. Revelation 1.15, His feet, Jesus, were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and His voice as what? Sound of many waters. I can't wait to hear that voice. Right now we're blessed because we hear the voice of God within, don't we? The Holy Spirit speaking to us in that still small voice. But someday soon we're going to hear him loud and clear. The voice of many waters. It's going to be an amazing thing to hear. So we have the fourth and final hallelujah of this chapter. According to John, sounded like a great multitude of people, like the roar of rushing waters and loud peals of thunder. And so with each hallelujah here, we see the heavenly assembly getting louder and louder for the Lord God omnipotent or almighty reigns. Omnipotent means, as you probably know, all powerful. The three attributes of God that no one else can ever possibly measure up to. He's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, and he's omnipresent, which means he is everywhere. Only God has those qualities and those characteristics. So here, in this last part of what we've just read, the rejoicing is prophetic. It started out with a rejoicing over the fall of Babylon, but this last portion has to do with what's about to happen rather than for the judgment of Babylon that's just occurred. The saints in heaven are praising God because he's about to establish his reign upon the earth by enthroning his son Jesus as king. The overthrow of Babylon has cleared the way for Christ's return. And so next week, we're going to look at the wedding of the Lamb, which you and I will be a part of. We are the bride of Christ. Let's stand.
Wow. We're going to have a closing song, but first I want to give opportunity for those who might have prayer requests this morning. Just raise your hand if you have a prayer request all across the sanctuary. We're going to pray for those right now. Father God, we do thank you for your word, for the power of your word. We do give you all glory, honor, and power and majesty. We honor you. We praise you here this morning. Lord, we thank you for the many answered prayers we've all experienced in the course of our lives as believers. Lord, you are faithful. You promised that you would hear the prayers of your people, that if we would ask anything in Jesus' name, you would hear that prayer. Lord, you told us if we abide in you and your word abides in us, then we could ask what we will and it would be done. Lord, we know that as your word abides in us and as we abide in you, then we will have godly desires. Our prayer requests will be godly requests. And Lord, we ask you to strip away any ungodly desires that we might have. But Lord, we come before you with those requests this morning for health, for healing, for those in need of a physical touch. Lord, we know that these bodies are breaking down, but in the meantime, we desire to have all the strength we can possibly muster in order to serve you with our, all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So we ask for healing for those needing it today, whether they would be in this room, watching online, others that are represented here by their family and friends. We lift them all up to you. We pray for an outpouring of your healing, anointing power upon them, Lord. We pray for financial provision for those struggling in that area. Lord, for jobs that are needed. Lord, you did promise to take care of us, to provide us with our daily bread and so forth as we seek first your kingdom. So help us to do that, Lord. We ask that you would cleanse our hearts and minds from all fear, worry, doubt, anxiety, unbelief. Lord, and help us to be focused on you, to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. And we thank you. You promised all these things would be added unto us. So we pray for peace. We just ask that you'd help us to rest in you, Lord, and trust you to take care of us. But we do pray for those struggling right now in the area of resources, finances, that you would bless them, provide for them, for your glory, for your sake, for your honor, and for your glory, God. Pray for healing of relationships, marriages, friendships, partnerships. Lord, it's not always easy to get along with one another because we're all stubborn, we're all sinners, saved by grace. We ask that you would heal broken relationships and help us to be peacemakers as much as possible on our part, to do the right thing, to heal relationships, restore peace and tranquility, between us and those that we might be at odds with. God, you know what else is going on here today. You know each heart. Lord, we pray for the loved ones that don't know you, family, friends, relatives, neighbors, co-workers that we're concerned about. We pray that you would help us to be able to share our faith with them in a way that they can understand and relate to. We pray that you said, Lord, that you're not willing any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we ask you to impart to those near and dear to us the gift of faith and the gift of repentance, that you would draw them by your Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you and we praise you for all that you have done, all you are doing, and all you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.